Bucket. Chucky banking one home. Oh, that was big. Oh, that was big. It was a big shot. Big moment. Badgers get a nice win last night. They win the Big Ten. How about that? How about that? That was nice stuff. That was nice stuff. Big win last night. Ben, is Ben Kenny back today? I'm back, Bill. It's great to be how back. How about that? I'm a little how hungover. You, what, what, a, what a way to come back. Now, how late were you out partying last night after the uh, after the onslaught onto the court? Uh, the wee hours of the morning. Okay. You're forgiven. No problem. You can come in here. You can came. You could have come in here today and went, Bill, don't even come to me. I'm so effed up. I'm still drunk. I uh, wet myself. Evo and Rowdy are running down the hall to get paper towels right now, but I'm here. And, and that have been perfectly acceptable. I mean, on my end, because I don't have to clean anything up. But that that's fine. That was a, that was a nice win last night. It, it was a big win in the positive. And we talked about this yesterday. Had they lost, it would have been, well, you know what? They're playing with house money. They still got a shot at, at co-Big Ten champions. They'll be good to go. But uh, big win last night. Oh, my goodness. Big win last night. Uh, on the downside, uh, TikTok, no word on Aaron Rodgers, no word from Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball decided to say, you know what? Uh, this is so uh, this is so ridiculous. So Major League Baseball says, yeah, we didn't come to an agreement. Uh, we're still far apart on certain things. Okay, so we're going to cancel the first two series of the season. Okay, we saw this coming, right? And then they said, this is the dumbest damn thing. We can't talk again until Thursday. We can't talk again until Thursday. My question is why? It's your own rule. It's not like you you made this 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 rule that's part of, you know, an amendment to the constitution. You can talk today if you want to do. You don't want to. You're pissed off. They're pissed off. Everybody went away from the bargaining table and took their took their ball and went home for a day. We're gonna go. We're gonna go think about this. How did you see you go? Um, <laughs> Thank you. Really gonna miss you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about that? Did you watch any of that press conference? Uh, I did not. Oh, I didn't. It I, I, was... Because it is. I should, and I thought I will, and then I didn't, and I didn't want to, because it does nothing. But look, I'm a fan of the big three, big four, if you will, five, if you want to throw, you know, hockey in there. I uh, I enjoy football. I enjoy baseball. I enjoy basketball. I enjoy golf. I enjoy the NBA. Uh, I enjoy NASCAR. I enjoy all of that. I cannot watch the sport where the money is 100% guaranteed and the owners continually put up stupid money for bad contracts to listen to, but and the owners won't show us their books. They'll claim poor mouth. I mean, Ricketts family in Chicago is going well. Go, I don't. We don't, we don't know how we're going to operate. We at this pace. Where are we? You know, stop. You own Wrigleyville. You bought the whole damn thing in what the third or fourth biggest city in America, and and you're crying like a poor small market tea. Shut the hell up. Show us your books. Show us where you lost money. That's the problem with the ownership. You can't trust them as far as you can throw them because they won't, they won't open their books. They won't say what the real money is. They won't show you what they're actually making and not making. NFL, you have to show at the end of the year, here's what we made. Here's what we have. Here's what we made. Here's what we did with the money. Here's where it goes. Okay, I got you. 
You know, now there's some fudging. Let's be honest. There's some fudging that goes on. I'm sure every NFL team has a creative accountant, no doubt. But baseball, they don't need it. You know why? They don't show anybody anything. Nah, nah you don't need to see that. Just take my word for it. Just take my lips are moving, right? <laughs> take my word for it. Shut the hell up. And then, and then the players, well, we got to have a salary floor. This is ridiculous. You've got some teams that aren't even spending their revenue share. They're not even putting it back into the players. We need to raise the base salary. What? Do you, what wait, what? A luxury tax? No. No. We're not going to put any kind of a cap on this. We want all the money guaranteed. We want all the money now. We want all the money right here, right now. We never want it to end. We never want the spigot to be shut off. We never want it capped. Sorry. Shut up. Baseball has disgusted me and pissed me off. I'll go back as a fan. I'll admit that. It's part of what I do for a living. But this, I saw this coming when Bud Selig sat up there and said, you know, I'm going to be stepping down. And then he turns to this guy. Uh, this guy looks like Templeton the Rat out of the old Charlotte's Web cartoon. But uh, this guy's going to be running baseball. Well, who's this guy? His name's Rob Manfred. He's negotiated a lot of deals. You know why? He's an attorney. He's, he doesn't give a damn about baseball. So it is what it is. I so what did you think of the presser that you watched? Uh, well, it was a disaster. Um, he started laughing. And I, this is the guy that called the World Series trophy a hunk of metal. Uh, hunk, he just doesn't like the players the still, by the way, still bring up. The players still bring that up. But I, I guess it's good that I slept for like four hours last night because I, I don't have energy to get mad at Manfred today. Right. I get it. But it's a I, joke. Uh... And they tried to fine print the players out of something. Like when they put that last offer in at five yesterday, whenever the time was, they put extra stuff in the fine print thinking the players would be so tired and not read it. Right. I, uh, again, I just... I, I don't understand. I, if you're make if you're not making money, show everybody because it's easy to show everybody you're not making money. You don't want to show everybody what you're making, but what you when you say you don't you're not making money, and you won't show anybody you're not making money, then it's wrong. Then we all know you're a liar. I, I mean, it's just that simple. You're a liar. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what you know. Ultimately, what it's going to come down to. This is what's going to happen is the owners are going to continue this path because they got money. Other businesses uh, subsidize their business. Meanwhile, you've got cities out in, uh, out in Arizona, you've got cities down in Florida that have banked upon the last three seasons, money coming in via spring training, millions and millions and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they're not getting it. They're not getting that revenue. It's not coming because these two entities, COVID had something to do with it, don't get me wrong, but these two entities can't get it together. Okay, so in addition to that, they, they've got those those bills to pay. I appreciate that. They've got those new stadiums and all those little retro places that they're building for all these spring training facilities, and they still have to forfeit or uh, still have to fortify the minor league system and everything like that. I get it, but in the meantime, the players are like, "Look, we're also our our basement for money." I mean. <laughs> If people can't live off of what they made the last couple of years, then then I don't know what to tell you because they're making millions when they shouldn't be. Some of these guys aren't good, and they're making six, seven, eight million dollars. That's part of the problem. I get it, but the players are going to wait as long as they can wait to say, "Nah, we're not going to come back to the table." 
Let the bills pile up. Let the owners sit there and pile up the bills, and we'll see what actually happens. Because when you start having to make some of those mortgage payments on those new facilities, the new stadiums, the stadiums out in the uh, the Arizonas and the Floridas, uh, you're in trouble. Because that's when things will start to hit. And you'll go, ah, you know, it's not terrible. It's not like you're going to all of a sudden say, i got to claim bankruptcy. But you're going to start to feel that tug a little bit. So eventually when the money starts to hit them and enough fans have said, you know what, screw you. That's when all of a sudden baseball is going to go, you know what, we might want to start playing again. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe they'll come to an agreement tomorrow. Maybe. Because they're not allowed to talk today, of course. You know, not allowed to do that. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Well, they want to give proper shine to the Badgers. Why would they waste a day uh, talking? Right? When- Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. They're just, uh, you know, kind of giving out to the day of Badger talk. Now, we can talk Badger talk all day. I don't have a problem with that. A lot of it's speculative. You can be joyous about the team, about the season. Completely agree. Now it's what you do with it. You've gotten yourself to the top rung of the Big Ten ladder. You're going to be the number one seed going into the Big Ten tournament. How deep can you go? And what kind of a seed will you get? you got to figure as of right now, Ben, do you pick them as a two seed or a three seed? Two or three. If they beat Nebraska on Sunday and get at least one win in the Big Ten tournament, probably a two. Um, I think a three seed if they only win one, a two seed if they win two. There's an argument that they should be a one, but they won't be because the voting system is stupid. Yeah, well, I, I, and I don't, you know what? As a one seed, I don't mind if, if they go with a two. I, I you know, I'm, I'm good with that. Let's be honest. We're sitting here, and, and granted, it's all in the performance, so it's what it, it, the proof is in the pudding for what you've done in the season, but we're arguing about this team being a two or three seed. And if you just said that at the beginning of the season, we would have all figured that pot was legalized out in Madison and you were hitting the bong, right? So for where it is, I'm kind of counting the blessings. Not that I'm playing with house money because now it gets real. But uh, but from where they were at the beginning of the season and all the speculation off season, and all the criticism that was heaped upon the program and Greg Gard off season, this is a giant uh, vindication. And they're not done yet, but it's a giant vindication as to the job Greg Gard can do. So kudos to Greg Garden and congratulations to the Badger program. Did you um, hear Matt LaPay's call? I did not. Do we have it? I do have it. Let's do it. Matt LaPay last night is the uh, the Badgers ring up a victory over Purdue and win the Big Ten. Here you go. The one and one. In and out. No good. Edie the rebound. 13 seconds left. Here comes Jaden Ivey racing up the floor for three and the tie. It's good. And we're tied with 8.9 to play. Here comes Chucky. A chance for the title. Six seconds left. Hepburn left side with three, with two. Hepburn good. Off the glass. Off the glass. With 1.2 to play. And the Badgers take the lead at the call center. Maybe it was only fitting. What a moment last night. A banker off the glass. Chucky Hepburn drops it. The three goes in. Pandemonium happens. And uh, the, uh, the, the final shot, if you will, uh, is not. So good stuff by Matt LaPay. Matt LaPay is such a, such a bro. He's so good. I don't care. He, he's, he's so, so good. 
So, uh, anyway, the Badgers have Nebraska coming up. And then you get into the Big Ten tournament. It, can you believe we're a week away from tournament week? I cannot. Think about that for a minute. I'm giddy. This is one of I'm those. G- Go ahead. One of those funny moments during the year when everyone says, oh, the best sports week of the year. I, I can't wait to be because this is my favorite time. But they say it seven times, you know. You right. got the NFL playoffs. They say it during college football season. But this is arguably the best sports week of the year. It is. Um, but I'll say this, and here's a side note to this. Baseball, you're idiots. You've lost your window, man. The, from now through the end of March Madness, You've got the NBA playoffs coming up, the NFL draft coming up. You're now going back to the back burner, and you don't get it. That's the thing. You just they don't get it. You're you're because we this is the time of year we all have optimism. We're all looking forward to things. We're all giddy, and this this is what we talk about. It's baseball, and now we're getting into the conference tournaments, then into the March Madness, then everybody's got a poll. Or everybody's got a pool. So you get into all of that. And baseball lost its its buildup, its window, its its and 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 so God, let's do this. When we we're gonna step away. Um Rob Manfred has to be, has to be. He has never gone through PR one oh one. He's gotta either be just the most uncaring SOB when it comes to a leader of any sport, or He's just one of the stupidest people on the face of the earth when you hear this. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show on this Wednesday. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show hanging out with you and enjoying what was yesterday a very joyous Cole center as the badgers get the win they knock off purdue and uh, they are the number one team in the big 10 fantastic stuff this portion of the program brought to you by pindell a global machining company and all you got to do is find them right here in our own backyard that's where they're at right in new berlin wisconsin go to pindell p-i-n-d-e-l.com that is Pindell.com, Pindell.com, if you're looking for a great opportunity. And they are not only paying, but they are upping the ante when it comes to pay for new employees. And uh, they are training as well. So good stuff there. Uh, let's bring in Ben Wargle. Rivals.com covers the Wisconsin Badgers. Ben, uh, what a night last night out at the Kohl Center, huh? Yeah, Bill, I've been around this team uh, covering this program since '03. And I've been, there's been some good ones over the time period there. There's been some loud environments, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting a little bit older um, or they put in new speakers, but um, that building was as loud as I've heard it in, in almost 20 years last night. It was a great atmosphere, and it was a fantastic college basketball game. Both teams are you know, quality programs. Both have a, a lineup that can carry them in this month. 
and it came down to a, a kiss off the glass and, and a court storming last night. Um, it, it, was a, it was a really fun atmosphere just to kind of sit and soak in uh, while we're on deadline. So let's start first and foremost. Greg Gard, Coach of the Year in the Big Ten, hands down. Um, I don't know who else you could vote for. Um, for for a program picked to finish 10th in the league, considering all he had to replace, a team that really didn't have a proven score coming back. Uh, they brought back one senior who was one of the worst two-point shooters in the country last season in, in Brad Davison. So many newcomers to this program, uh, so many underclassmen, um, and this team, you expected this team to have some bumps in the road, some some dips and some valleys, and they really haven't had any really bad performances. And we're entering here the, you know, the second day of March. They have been remarkably consistent. They've been gritty. They've been tough. Um, it, it's been a really impressive team just to watch mature from November to now. And Greg Gard has pushed all the right buttons with this team and, you know, I mean, hands down, he should be coach of the year, and, and heck, he, he probably should garner some attention for national coach of the year, too. Well, that's what I was going to say. What would it take to put him more so on the national spotlight when it comes to national coach of the year? I mean, I know there's been some good performances this year, and certainly what Bruce Pearl's team has done down in Auburn uh, garners a lot of recognition. I know that uh, even Dick Vitale had it last night during the broadcast. Uh, they had a picture of Dick picking up all the uh, kind of the awards, so to speak. But uh, but what would it take for Guard to be the national coach of the year? Well, yeah, there's been a lot of really good uh, coaching jobs this year. Um, you know, Bruce, I think Auburn was picked to finish uh, fifth in the league, and, you know, they've been number one at times this year. Uh, the head coach at Providence, um, you know, Providence was picked to finish, I think, ninth in, in, their, in their conference in the Big East, and they've had a remarkable year. They're the outright champs. Um, you know, there's been so many uh, Arizona as well. Arizona was picked um, not to win the Pac-12, and you know they're the number two team in the net. Um, Baylor's done a fantastic job. You know, there's just a lot of really good coaching jobs. But just if you look at a team picked to finish tenth that lost, you know, so many seniors off their team last year, the controversy that was kind of swirling around this program entering the year to have a player who is might be national player of the year in Johnny Davis to be so good in so many close games. They've won 15 games in a row decided by six points or less. I mean, that hasn't been done since the shot clock was added in the eighties. It's just a, a remarkable resume that Wisconsin put together. It's not like they're just beating up on, you know, any old, you know, lower mid-major team. They've swept Purdue. They won at Michigan state. They won at Indiana. Um, you know, they won the Maui Invitational. They have uh, 16 quad one and quad two wins. That's second most in the country. The quality of their resume really speaks to this coaching job that Greg Gard has done. And so, you know, certainly he has a profile that people really dig down and look at what he's done and compare to some other people. You know, he should get some votes for, for those kind of awards, and he probably will win some of those national awards this year. Now we move towards really uh, not even the Big Ten tournament because now we're looking at the, the, the you know NCAA tournament as to what this team will be, where they can go, what the expectation should be. The expectation, like you had mentioned, not many teams, not many people pick them to even finish in the top four, much less to win the Big Ten. So this team could end up with a two, maybe a three seed. And then the question becomes, what do they need to do to go deep into the into the tournament? I mean, you can say, well, do what you do because you've been sticking with this. But... The only thing that concerns me is they don't get a lot of points coming off the bench. No, 
No, they don't. And I will say, though, the bench last night was phenomenal. Um, Chris Votes had a a tremendous game for them. I mean, he, he only scores two points, but, you know, four rebounds, three offensive rebounds, and two that led to three-pointers, two assists, was active in the low post, really kind of altered what Purdue wanted to do early on. You know, impactful plays. You know, Jacoby Neath has done a really nice job here over the last couple of games with Lauren Bowman out. You know, Jordan Davis had the the excellent game at Minnesota last week. Um, it, but you're right, they don't provide the scoring pop, but they've been able to kind of do some other things that can help, you know, others, you know, find the bottom of the net. Um, I also kind of worry about this team if they go against a a program that has a really good front court. Um, you kind of look at the Big Ten teams that have had success against them. You know, uh, Zach Eady um, has really kind of torn them up over two years. He's beaten up a lot of people, to be fair. But, you know, Eady had a good game last night, 17 points, missed a couple easy ones, so he probably should have had at least 20. Um, you look at, you know, Illinois, Kofi Coburn um, had dropped 30-plus against them. Hunter Dickinson of Michigan had his way with them in the first half, first stretch. Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana in the second half for a little bit. So, if you come across a team that's got a really good low post presence, I think that could be an issue with Wisconsin, especially if they don't shoot the ball particularly well, which they've kind of had ebbs and flows with over the last you know couple weeks or so. But if you look at this team and you look at the resume, like I mentioned, you know, 16 quad one and quad two wins. Their computer numbers aren't great, in part because they have some close wins against some teams that are not going to be playing in the NCAA tournament. But again, you know, wins are wins, and they've put together a phenomenal profile. They're a win away against Nebraska or an Illinois loss to Penn State or Iowa from being the outright Big Ten champions. They probably have locked up a three. Um, they could possibly get pushed to a two. It depends how the committee looks at their profile and looks at two of those losses because they didn't have Johnny Davis against Providence. They didn't have Tyler Well against Michigan State. You know, they're in an excellent position to open the tournament in Milwaukee. You know, playing just you know a little more than an hour down the road in front of your home fans, that's really benefited them in the past. Um, eight years ago, uh, when they had that big comeback against Oregon, I believe it was. I think it was eight years ago. So they're in a great spot. They're in a great spot to you know be, have a good seed, be in a good region. And you know, truthfully, like you said, no one expected them to be here. So in a way, they're playing with house money from now until the end of the year. And really, whatever happens, people are going to look back at the season and say this was a complete success for this program moving forward. Here's the next question. When it comes to close games, and I have learned uh, that it's unpredictable, this team, and Ben has called them gritty, and they are. Uh, they've figured out the way to win close games, and they've, uh, they, what is it, 14 or 15 games now uh, that they have won. Uh, six points or less, and, and they continue to trudge through, and these close games don't seem to phase them. You have the nervousness that you are able to contain during adversity, and you can win games. However, the other side of the, side of the sword is you allow teams to hang around. You don't blow anybody out. You don't, be, you don't take advantage. You don't put them away, and then you have to scrap and, and, and you know claw just to be able to hang on to some of these wins. Does grittiness like that prove to be more, in your opinion, more solid in the tournament, or does it kind of does it give you the indication of, oh boy, uh, even some of these other teams can get close and can knock them off if you don't put teams away when you should? Well, I think the record kind of speaks to how this team responds to those situations. You know, I mean, they lose the game to Providence way back in November. That was you know a five point loss. 
And since then, you know, every game that's been two possessions or less, they've won. They found a way to win. And Matt Painter said best earlier this week. He says the reason why Wisconsin has been so good in these games, you know, luck has a little bit to do with it. There's certainly luck was on their side last night a couple times late. But Wisconsin plays the same in his eyes from the first possession to the 61st possession. They don't change how they attack teams. You know, if, if there's an opportunity for them to push the tempo, they'll push. And the numbers backed it up. They're not playing at a sprinter's pace, but they're certainly playing with one of their faster tempos in the last 20 years or so. But if it's not there, they're more than content to run their offense, find, uh, make a team defend, and take, a part, and take advantage of that team's weakness and attack um, in that situation. I thought Tyler Wall did a great job of that last night against Edie, trying to go at him, force him early, to defend and try to pick up more fouls. That's kind of what Wisconsin does. But getting back to your your question, I think it just comes from that this team has been in this situation so much, not just at home, not just on the road, but in neutral site games too against good teams. You know, they beat Houston and and St. Mary's on back-to-back days in, in Vegas to win the Maui Invitational with these close games. It'd be Houston by two and St. Mary's by six. And these are two teams that are in the top 20 in the net rankings and they're ranked in the AP poll. So they're comfortable in these situations. They don't fold. They don't really have, they really haven't shown nerves in these situations. They make the smart play late in games and that has lifted them to these wins. So even if they're staring down a sweet 16 berth, an elite eight berth, a final four berth, a berth in the second round, and it's one of these games, I, this team probably is not going to panic just because they've proven to themselves that in these situations that they've been in for pretty much the entire year, they know what it takes to win those kind of games. What type of team you mentioned teams with good front courts, that's the type of team that's going to give them a lot of problems. Uh, You know, obviously in the big 10, they faced everybody. They know what they're up against. And do you expect what's, what's it going to take to keep the number two seed? Let me ask you that. Do they have to win the big 10 tournament or just get to the finals or even the semis? Well, they have to avoid a loss on Sunday. Um, You know, that would be a a bad loss for them. Um, That would knock them down, you know, a a peg or two in the overall seed line. I think history has shown that getting to the Big Ten or winning the Big Ten tournament championship doesn't serve a heck of a lot just because the gap between the end of the game and the announcement of the bracket is so short that it's it's hard to make drastic changes um, to the bracket at that point. Certainly going to Indianapolis and winning uh, two games would put them in a solid spot. Depends what happens around, you know, the country too. Kansas is taking a step back. Um, certainly, you know, that helps Wisconsin. You know, there's other teams that are above Wisconsin that have, are going to have some tough games. If Wisconsin keeps winning, they will be in a great spot for for a two. I don't. They can't go one. Uh, there's not enough quality of points left, in my opinion, for them to get up to that one line. Um, but they surely have a profile that's worthy of a one, and they have a profile that's worthy of a two. You just have to kind of avoid any of these hiccups coming up and and Sunday against Nebraska, that would certainly qualify as a hiccup that would prevent them from climbing up that seat rung a little bit higher. Ben, good stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. We'll get you back on once we get to the uh, NCAA tournament. We'll have a lot of tournament talk, a lot of hoops to talk about. I appreciate it, though, okay? Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Bill. Absolutely, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Ben Wargle from Rivals.com, and that's where you can read his stuff. Uh, Always does a, a terrific job, and we thank him for coming on and uh, always great to get him on 
with us as well, and you can uh, you can find him over there on Twitter. Um, also, uh, the ba- the Badger Nation is where you can find his stuff. The Badger Nation. He covers the Wisconsin Badgers, football, basketball, recruiting, so much more. And you can find his stuff right there. Go to wisconsin.rivals.com. That is wisconsin.rivals.com. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. You talk about some uh, great offers. Quick Trip, they want to put you in a vehicle. And I know new vehicles, uh, for some of you, hard to come by. But uh, Quick Trip, no, they got one. They've got a brand new 2022 Chevy Tahoe they want to give away. And uh, right now, you can get opportunities to win this thing. Here's how you do it. You uh, go into any Quick Trip. You can purchase a Quick Trip take-home meal or a 20-ounce Coke or Smart Water and uh, earn some extra scratches that way. And if you want to earn even more, make it a combo. Bring home a freshly prepared take-home meal with that refreshing Coke or or Smart Water. Put it all together. Scratch off to be entered for a chance to win the Chevy Tahoe and Quick Trip's Quick Rewards app today. That's the Quick Rewards app today. And uh, this thing ends uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. So you got to get this thing in and done. Get your app downloaded. Go to Quick Trip. It's all good. Great stuff. We all know that. Great stuff at Quick Trip. I'm heading out of town right after the show today. One of my first stops is going to be a Quick Trip. Going to get a little gas, get one of those big sweet teas, maybe a little something to grub on. I got a late dinner tonight. We're going to be down in Chicago at, I don't know, what, some Italian restaurant at about 8.30 or 9, I think, is the reservation. So I need something to tie me over. Stop at a Quick Trip. Going to grab a little bit of Quick Trip. Then head down into uh, Chicago, the land of hell, and uh, enjoy a night, hopefully, and have a good time. But stop in and see our friends over there at Quick Trip. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.